what do I define about blowing up? You know what I'm saying? Like feeling better, living better, better location. What he failed to tell you was when you're on my time, I can reclaim it. I, and he left that out, so I'm reclaiming my time. Please, please respond. Are you ready? Who are you rooting for tonight? I'm rooting for um, everybody's life. Betting on black tonight. I'm sorry for the realness. Hey everyone, it's Whitney from WhitneyDanielle.com and NetworkInSpill.com. And I'm excited about this episode. We're doing a hashtag the spill segment, which means I'm bringing on an expert to talk about some stuff. Now, this is a really important conversation because I know a lot of us are marketing our businesses, are trying to get our messages out into the world, and we're looking to do that with the best strategy possible. So I found probably one of the best people I could have found, right, at all right now in this world that we live in with this, all this internet connectivity and whatnot. And I'm just really, really pumped to go into some things that you guys can literally start doing and access and just resources that we have for you today. So without further ado, I'm excited to introduce you guys to Mr. A. Fitzgerald Hardnet. And we connected on Clubhouse, like most of my guests this year. We'll talk about that in a minute. But Fitzgerald, aka Fitz, we just agreed, right? I'm just going to call him Fitz. It's fine. So he is he is America's number one faith-based revenue growth strategist. And I love having strategists on the podcast. I love having consultants and people, you know, coaches, people who are literally out here doing the work and helping people figure out how to get from point A to point B. So this is good. He is the founder and CEO of Stop Small Business Failure, which is super cool. And that's an entrepreneurial education company that's focused on e-commerce growth and small business startups. So if that sounds like you, if that sounds interesting, you're in for a treat. And also, if it's not you, please forward this to someone who it is for, because this is how we we share the wealth and we share the knowledge. If it's his personal mission is to raise the revenue of small businesses everywhere. And if you go to his IG page, by the way, which is if you have Instagram open, it's at a fits H A R D. That's his IG handle. You'll see what his bio says and you can see some of his photos and some of his accolades and whatnot, but he really does specialize in online monetization strategies, right? Like that's his whole thing. And, and he does it in several ways, you know, to grow traffic and to build sales and get profits and money and revenue and this is and this. And he does it through ads. So we'll talk about ads, right? Being the vehicle of how he gets people to point A or to point B from point A, whatever you, you feel me. And you know, I believe it's as local so to me, right? So we'll talk about where he's based and all that and all that. But without further ado, I mean, let's let's get it going. Let's get it going. How are you, Fitzgerald? Boom, baby. Woo! <laughs> I'm hype. I'm ready to go. I can't wait. Somebody hold my mule. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited that you're hype and you're ready to go uh, because this is fun, right? This is... Being able to help, I would assume this is fun because I think it's fun, but being able to help people really truly go from point A to point B in their business with when it comes to finances is huge. So can you, before we get into how we met, like, can you just tell us how you got into this specific niche real quick? Great question. Great question. It started back in 1874. <laughs> no, I was working at Verizon Communications as a cable splicer in Washington, D.C., Made a bunch of money in real estate. I saw the city being transformed. This was before HGTV and all of these things. And I hated being outside in the cold. So this is around 2003, 4, 5. 
me and my buddy bought a couple apartment buildings and I said, you know what? I am tired of chasing dial tone. No more manholes, no more telephone poles. I'm going to leave Verizon. And instead of going to real estate where I made all the money, I said, I'm going to open up a retail store in Forsville Mall. Well, it didn't work out. <laughs> I didn't know what I didn't know. I bought the lie. If you build it, they'll come. Yeah, right. No one came. And so what ended up happening was I went through a tumultuous time. We struggled for three years. We fought off closure. And one day she finally closed the doors on us. And I was like, man, what did I do wrong? And people say, well, Fitz, well, well, why didn't you get on social media? Well, social media was still an infant back then. It was only Tom and MySpace. And advertising channels were radio, TV, and the press. And they were very, very expensive. And so once they closed the doors on my store in the mall, I became a student of marketing, which is what I should have did in the beginning. I, I learned the power of visibility and strategy on how to be seen. And that's led me to wanting to help other people because I was first helping myself. You know how they say on the airplane, put on your own mask first, people, before you try to help others. So I had to put on my mask and understand this. And that's how that's how I got started from mistakes and lessons learned and money lost and getting my head hit. <laughs> That'll do it. That'll do it. Wow. Okay. So you, you are based though in the D are you still based in this DC area? Back and forth between here, DMV and uh, Richmond, well, Newport news, Virginia. That's so right. Back and forth. Okay. Okay. So we've got a, another local and you know, it's interesting that you shared that story because I think a lot of people have these, these preconceived notions of what, you know, running a business is like. And like you said, very clearly, you don't know what you don't know. And, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. So we have that going into things, but you kept going, you kept going, you kept trying things. You had that, it sounds like you had that sense or that urge to continue to go down the path towards something. Like you saw a problem, you saw a gap, you saw a hole, whatever, and you wanted to figure out a solution for it, right? You Can you, you agree that you've always kind of had that and you've continued that? Yes, but it was more so not wanting to answer to anybody. That's what was really my motivating mm. factor. I, I didn't I didn't like having a boss. But what ended up happening was when I went out on my own, I traded one boss for 4,700 different bosses. You know what I'm saying? All these customers and stuff. So it, it, it was a wake-up call and just not being exposed to this entrepreneurial thing and not knowing what to expect. So that pursued me to to keep pushing and keep uncovering things. So yeah, that was the drive. Absolutely. That'll do it too. Yeah. Not wanting to have anybody to report to, anybody kind of following you around, that kind of thing. But yeah, it, it's it's interesting. And I think we could do a whole conversation or a clubhouse room on management and being managed versus like being a manager and what that looks and feels like, because that's a whole ball game, right? In and of itself that I've learned quite a bit about. And really, to be honest, I think that's what I love so much about this show and the guests that I bring on is that I'm trying, my goal is to help people figure out how to be their own boss and in so many different aspects, because it's not just about deciding that you want to do something. There are so many levels to it. And you really do have to be able to manage yourself and then essentially service and support and pour into other people, right? Of course, like you said, you put your mask on first. However, 
it's a big shift to go from being an employee to sort of being that CEO and that founder. And I feel like at least the last several guests we've had for 2022, we've been really strategic. And that's going to be like the buzzword for this episode. We've been really strategic about bringing on guests who are going to give us the strategy. Before we get into that, before we get into the strategy, I want to talk about you on Clubhouse and how we met because you are a big personality and I've absolutely, your profile picture is very striking. I love when people have bright photos and you've just been killing it. I mean, let's be honest, you've been killing it on Clubhouse. So tell us about your Clubhouse journey. My Clubhouse journey actually started on Facebook. And what I mean by that, one of my good girlfriends, because I was an Android dude. And when Clubhouse first came out, all it was for was, was for the iPhone. And I had no I didn't have an iPhone. <laughs> and so one of my good girlfriends, she was like, Fitz, man, you'll kill it on Clubhouse. You'll need ads. I said, man, I'm not getting no iPhone. Not No way in too high heavens am I getting an iPhone. And she said, look, I'll buy the iPhone for you if you don't make your money back in the first 30 days. I said, huh? Are you serious? And she was like, yeah. So I said, okay, bet. So then I got an iPhone and I went to town. You know, Clubhouse back in the early days was like the wild, wild west. What I mean by that was it was great content and great connections being made. And I love that. So what I really did was just start creating room titles and curating content. And people started to come because of the content and the access. There was no barrier to entry any longer. It was really, what do you have to share? Who wants to hear it? And share, make an offer, you know? That that's really how I went down. So I was so happy about that, that opportunity. And uh, that's what I did with Clubhouse. That was my Clubhouse forte. And then since that time, I met some really incredible people. That's how it was. I just started off doing a thing, showing up and making it happen. And it's been a really cool journey to see you doing that on Clubhouse, seeing your room, seeing you pop in. And then also the networking aspect. Just real quick, you, you did... You kept the iPhone and you made the money back and you've been, you've been just continued. When was that? Was it 2020, 2021? I feel like it was 20. December, 2020 was when it, when it happened, like the 20th, I think the 23rd, right around that time. Yeah. Right before Christmas. That's crazy. And that's a really good time to be on the app, right? Because everyone's kind of at home. We were still very much dealing with COVID and that was when things were really, really rough, like really rough. And Clubhouse was thriving because I joined in October of 2020. And so, and that felt like, like a newbie to a degree. I also felt a little late to the party, but I was still relatively new. And by December, like you said, Wild Wild West for sure. And there wasn't a lot of business talk back then. It was still very much because it was a, you invite people that you know, it was all, and it was connected through Twitter. It was all very much people in your network. So like, if you have five really good friends, you and the five friends would be on Clubhouse and then five of their, each of their friends. And that's what it was. So it wasn't about, no one was trying to sell anything really, right? For the most part. And no one was doing much. And then once people realized, okay, no, we can actually treat this like kind of not like a podcast, but like an online conference of sorts, like a summit and really like sell and, and teach information. It became very much about learning as opposed to just key keying during COVID. I've loved watch, watching this whole shift happen on Clubhouse, but you've really maximized utilizing it. And I think that's great. And you have a club, right? On Clubhouse? Yes, I do. Believers in business. That's, that's my club. I have one Clubhouse. 
Okay. And we'll put all this in the show notes, y'all. So hopefully you found Fitz on Instagram at afitzhard and then follow him on Clubhouse for sure and join his club. And when you click on his profile on, on Clubhouse, if you scroll to the bottom, you'll be able to see the clubs that he's a part of and the ones that he's like an owner of. So you'll see that at the bottom of his profile. If you have any questions, just hit us up. But super dope that you've got Clubhouse you've been doing well. And we just met like randomly in a room. I think that's the magic of the internet. It just like randomly happens. So we were just in a room. I, do you remember any of the details? Because I, I don't really remember. I think it was Lily Mae West's room. It may have been. I thought I met you before that, though. I thought I saw you in another room and then we connected, but we didn't really like because I remember asking you, I was like, yo, you've got to be a guest on the podcast. And you're like, OK, yeah, super, super. Let's right. do it. Right. This was a while back. And then Lily May and I, who was on the podcast, y'all, if you didn't listen to the episode with Lily May and I go check it out. She is amazing. But Lily May has a club called the Glambitious Group. And we were just doing rooms together. We were just co-hosting rooms and you came into a room and we had such a great conversation. I think it was about like rejection or business. I don't know what we were talking about, but it was a great conversation. And so you've got a tribe of people. So I want to talk about how you've been today, right? We're talking what a year and a half later. It hasn't been two years yet, but it's been about a year and a half, right? on Clubhouse, doing your thing. Tell us about the community that you've built and the people that you've been able to network with from the social, right, from Clubhouse. It's been phenomenal. I, I, I can't even put it into words because this is part of the reason why I like paid advertising because you can reach so many people. But Clubhouse, it's like the wild, wild west. You get people you would never get access to you can meet and have conversations with. And that's been the most amazing part for, for me. I met a lot of dope people. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how, even how to describe the caliber of people that I've met and made money with and just been able to connect to and form genuine, genuine internet relationships. You know, we haven't met in person, but we spend so much time online that I was in one room the other day and one of the people who, who I connected with on, on Clubhouse was able to finish my sentence when my audio went out. And I was like, that's kind of creepy, you know, but it's cool at the same time. So, yeah, that's been my experience. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice when you meet really cool people, right? I've met so many amazing people like Leah, Leah Johnson from Black Girls Do. Is, that relationship really came out of nowhere and it blossomed into one of the coolest things that's happened to me on the Internet so far, right, with the Black Girls Do community. And if y'all didn't listen to that episode, that was one of the top episodes of January. So of this year, so go check out the Leah J conversation and how she built Black Girls Do. People are building really cool things on Clubhouse. I mean, we're doing it on the internet, but doing it on Clubhouse has just been really fun because it's a completely different type of platform that most of us are used to. We're gonna we're gonna back burner the Clubhouse chat because I know some of y'all are like, girl, I'm not on Clubhouse and I don't care, but it's so cool. I want you to know that. We're gonna keep talking about Clubhouse this year on the show because I've, I've just met so many cool people. Anyway, so let's get into what you're doing. Okay. We, we know you talk a lot about marketing. You talk a lot about messaging and you talk a lot about having the strategy to monetize, but let's break down some actionable things that people can start doing. I know you have some resources, which I saw you had a Facebook ads checklist that you just were promoting in a Facebook group you have, or in a clubhouse room. And you also have this 
ads masterclass, the dope ads masterclass. So there's more content for y'all that you can literally download and get a hold of and, and take part in. But let's just for, for people, just for the conversation, let's break down some of these areas of what marketing means to you and then how to create that really dope messaging. Marketing is simply for me, the process of turning a suspect into a prospect, into a primetime payer. That's what marketing does for me. Uh, marketing is about visibility. People have never bought things that they've never seen or heard of. So it's up to us as business owners to get products and service in front of people, in front of these eyeballs, so that way they can see the stuff and have a desire for it. Marketing is, is that engine that it plants to see the desire. You know, think about it like this. You and I have never bought something that we never saw first or heard about. You're walking down the street and you see somebody with, for, for my ladies, another woman with a nice purse or some nice shoes. And what do you say? Oh, excuse me, miss, where'd you get that from? Why are you asking that? Because you didn't even know it was a thing to be desired until you saw it. And so marketing gives us that visibility. It's planting the seeds of desire that will produce a harvest. And the harvest that we're looking for is a sale. Marketing is just like that rocket that fuels every business. If once you determine you're going to be in business, you need to now learn how to market and get visibility and promote your product because that's so, so important. You got to get visible. You have to get visible. There's no there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And marketing is that process that takes that stranger, that suspect, and turns them into a prospect and then walks them to the front door of your sales process. That makes sense. That absolutely makes sense. And we need this, right? We need this and we need to figure out how best to do it for each of our situations and what we're doing and how we want to do it, et cetera. Um, and I think, you know, We've had a lot of conversations on Clubhouse about this, but I really do feel like people people really get lost in the sauce of marketing and what that looks like. And I think what ends up happening, and this is just me thinking, I feel like a lot of times we just mimic what other people are doing, but we don't actually sit down and, and talk to professionals or really map things out. Um, we're just winging it. Do you feel like that's the case too, or is it, is it just me? No, that's absolutely the case. I see it all the time, every day. I call it the iceberg effect people see the top of the iceberg is like okay i'm gonna copy that i'm gonna do that but miss the whole machine underneath all the principles and strategies and numbers that go along with the marketing machine and people are lazy they're copycats some people call it r&d but what i i call it really it's not research and development it's they're ripping off and duplicating you know and not knowing the strategy or the things that go behind the principles that make things work. So when they try to put it in their business, it doesn't fit. It falls flat. Like, ah, oh, this the marketing doesn't work. Marketing, da, 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 da. Well, guess what? You were too cheap to hire a professional to give you the accelerated roadmap to get you there faster, baby. That's what's missing. So I absolutely, those are my thoughts on that. Yeah, it doesn't fit. And so, I mean, I've done it. And then you try it and you're like, yeah, that didn't work. Or it doesn't resonate. Just like the actions that you're taking to do the marketing, it doesn't resonate with you, 
right? Let alone your audience. Like it just doesn't feel like it's in alignment with how you want or should or feel you should be running your business. I think it's important to have these conversations. And once I realized there were people out there whose whole entire niche was like helping people with branding, helping people set up funnels, helping people with automations, helping people run their ads, helping people design their ads. Like once I really figured that part out, it was a game changer because there are people who really do specialize in like every single part of business and you don't have to struggle and or you don't have to figure it out. And like you said, the, the you said the iceberg effect and, and just the winging it, right. The winging it part that again, a lot of us wing it and I could do a whole episode and maybe I will about like what happens when we wing it on certain things in business. But yeah, once I found out that you could really find people that were expertises, experts, experts, and had an expertise in these different things. I was, I was like, okay, this is perfect. So now I don't have to sit here and try to pretend like I know what the heck I'm doing because I can tell you right now I don't. And sometimes it's not even whether you know how to do it. It's, do I want to do this? Do I want to sit here and map out this, this whole top of funnel middle of, do I want to do this? Do I want to sit and figure out how to set up my pixel? Do I really want to do that? <laughs> Do I have it? Cause, cause when you really map out the time, it's going to take you to figure some of this stuff out. At that point, you could have hired somebody to, to help you at least do one of these tasks. And you know what I mean? People who are doing this in their sleep. I had a guy help me with my pixel once and it was a, I want to say it was like a 15 minute phone call and it had taken me hours to figure out cause I was doing it wrong. I was doing it wrong. I was downloading the wrong plugin for my WordPress site to run my ads. And I'm sitting here literally hitting my head against the wall. And then I complained in one of my group, my group chats. I was like, guys, this is ridiculous. I should have blah, blah, blah. And I'm, I went off. And then somebody responded and they're like, hey, I have a, a buddy who does this. They're like in India, they can help you. And I was like, oh, bet. And they sent me his information. And when I tell you I was on the phone with that man for 15 minutes and he fixed whatever I had broken help me figure out what to download, right? And because you know how you have that feeling that you're doing something wrong, but you just don't know what it is. That's the feeling that I had. And so he fixed it, 15 minutes, done, $20. Insane, right? And yet we sit and we struggle with marketing. So I love that you do this. I love that you explain that. But now I want to get into the messaging and we talk a lot, you talk a lot about clarity as well, but we both talk a lot about clarity. So let's get into that for the people who are like, yeah, but what am I supposed to say and how am I supposed to say it? And I want to talk in a way that my audience is really going to vibe with. How do they get into that and get clear on what that looks like? A lot of times I deal with mostly black entrepreneurs. And one of the problems that I see is that we are addicted to our own labor. You understand? And we have this connotation that being a one trick pony is a bad thing. Listen, a one trick pony is a specialist. You understand? And specialists get paid large sums of money. They're hired to do what? Collapse the time it takes and accelerate our results. So yes, we I believe fully in specializing. That is so big. That is so big. And one thing you got to do with that is your pricing. Nobody expects the best to be the cheapest, nor the cheapest to be the best. So when you specialize, you can command that top dollar and go and get it. And one thing that I'll say in that in closing this out is a lot of times what ends up happening is we want to do it all instead of we want to learn people go out and try to learn how to do this, do that, do that, boom, boom, instead of just focusing on that one thing or that one or two things that will 
bringing the biggest rate of return, the things that we do best, and just hire out our weaknesses because our time is so, so important, so, so valuable. So that's what I wanted to say about that part, Whitney, because I was over here like, oh, my goodness, I love this topic there. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Thank you for that. Of course. No, you're right. You're right. We It's, it's okay to be a one-trick pony or at least to to be a specialist and to have a lane, right? But it's really hard to be in like 18 lanes at once. And we think that we need to because, you know, we just think that's what we're taught. As when you start out in your business, you, and there's several memes about this, I'll post them, but it's like, there are several memes that speak to the fact that, you know, when you start your business, especially if you're like in edutainment or infotainment, whatever the hell you call it, and you're online and you're an online entrepreneur, you're doing your business mainly online, you're service-based predominantly, right? I speak to a lot of service-based people, but we're taught you've got to be the designer. You have to create your own website, be a website designer. You got to do your own books for a while until you can hire a bookkeeper. You have to make sure all your ducks are in a row legally, make sure you've got the right types of contracts. You got, I mean, there's like a million things and you have to run your social media. That's a whole ordeal in and of itself. You got to design the graphics, you have to design, you, know, you have to be a photographer and take or find someone to take pictures of you. You know what I mean? And style yourself and do your own hair and makeup, like every single thing we have to do. And, and I, while I understand in the beginning, the importance of learning the basics of some of these things and being able to do some of it or understand conceptually how it works. So when you hire someone, you know what to look for and to make sure that they're giving you the right, you know, information, et cetera. Like you really do need to know. However, when it comes to some of the nitty gritty of the work that we are doing, whether it's website stuff, legal things, right? That can be very sticky. Um, whether it's doing, making sure that like in the back end, your business is set up properly. You've got the right banks. You've got everything. You want to make sure there are certain parts of your business that are really solid and they're really, really rooted in what's what's proper, what's correct, what's legal, et cetera. And that's where it really helps. Not only when we sit there and we are hitting ourselves against the wall, like trying to get something done and we just can't seem to get it. You have to give yourself, you know, give yourself that, that break to see, can I do this? Is this possible for me to take on? I've, I've done some website stuff in the past, or I've done some design stuff in the past. Can I figure out Canva and, or figure out WordPress or Wix or Squarespace, whatever, and, and try to figure this out real quick. And then if I get stuck, I'll, I'll call a friend or I'll, I'll, you know, ask the audience, whatever, or is it just not working? And there's this like constant where you're, cause it's happened to me where I'm like constantly not wanting to do something or having this angst around doing something. And for a long time, it was ads, to be completely honest. It was ads and then social media just kind of got on my nerves and I got burnt out with social. But with ads specifically and like podcast editing, there are some things like I just don't want to do. And I will learn a little bit, but I'm not going to go too crazy because I know for me, it's going to be a time suck and it's going to deter me from doing what I'm supposed to be doing, what my mission is. We can't get too far away from our purpose and what, we're, and what our calling is and how we're supposed to be you know what I mean? Operating in our zone of genius. You can't operate in your zone of genius if you're over there in the corner trying to figure something out that you don't really need to be figuring out that you can outsource, especially when you can get so much support for not a lot of money. There's a ton of workshops out there and, you know, webinars and, and podcasts and things to help. Yeah, that's just what I wanted to add to that. Hopefully that lands for somebody. 
Hey, can we take a pause real quick? I just want to let y'all know this is exclusive and time sensitive. If you're hearing this, there's a really good chance that either I have a spot open or I have a spot opening on my one-on-one program that I offer. So I only do four slots at a time because this is like the most intense, thorough, intimate way to work with me ever. This is my creme de la creme, like four bad bitches only. This is for solopreneurs who have a nine to five, who work in corporate, who have some sort of job that they are doing and that they're doing really well, but who also have a side hustle or a business that they are running on the side and they want to build and streamline their goals towards. A lot of us have strategy. A lot of us have plans here and there, but most of us don't have accountability. A lot of us don't have a support system that's solid and the rest of us aren't organized and have strong boundaries, have routines, like all of that. So I'm going to help you get it all together. This is a three month intensive one-on-one coaching program where you have full access to me via Voxer. We have seven, seven one-on-one calls with each other throughout the three months and you get routines, you get customized affirmations and audios and all kinds of things to help you succeed. So check out the link. It's in the show notes. It's also on my website, WhitneyDanielle.com. If you have questions, DM me, send me an audio note. Let me know if you know someone who needs to get their shit together in this manner, send me their information. I will totally hook you up for the referral. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. Let's get back to the episode. Okay. Let's get back into the question though, that I had asked before. And I'm going to try to remember what it was. I was asking about messaging and getting clear on how to get your message across to your people. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, clarity is everything. Clarity, clarity leads to confidence. Confidence leads to consistency and consistency is the key to breakthrough, to conversions, to cash, and all of that. Now, why why does that happen? Why does it start with clarity? So when you get clear on what problem you solve, what what does that outcome provide? Who are the people that want that outcome? Then those are the building blocks for great messaging. And everything, traffic, everything starts with that message. People move with the message. Messages move. Messages start movements. One of my good friends, um, Desiree, always says, what was um, Moses' message to Pharaoh? He had one message. Let my people go. Dr. Martin Luther King, his message was, I have a dream. That was the message. Clarity in message will rally people around that cause. And when you're clear on the problem you solve, and the outcome that it provides. And then all you got to do now is find the people who want that outcome is simply saying, hey, are you suffering with this problem? Do you want this? And then it's, hi, I'm so-and-so, and I help this group of people get this outcome. It's clear. Now, what does that clarity do? That clarity allows you to go on podcasts like this. That clarity allows you to show up on stages like Clubhouse, And not be afraid to open your mouth because you know what to say. You know how to say it and how to craft it in a way that's going to be magnetic and pulling your people. You got to understand a message is like a magnet. And for those that don't know, a magnet has two sides. One side repels and on that same magnet, the other side 
attracts. And your messaging must do the same exact thing. It must repel the people who you don't want to serve, who is not a good fit for, but simultaneously attract your primetime payers. Now that you have this clarity in your messaging, guess what? You're confident now. What does confidence look like practically? Well, for my ladies, you know, y'all go to the salon, you might enter in with your hat on, had a bad hair day. And by the time three hours later and a buck 50 gone, you turn around in the chair, she turns you loose and man, oh man, your whole countenance lights up. Your eyes seem like they got a little bit bigger. You're, you're, you're walking with this flowing effervescence like you're just floating. That's that confidence. You, you get outside, you're waving to everybody. Hey, woo. you want everybody to see you. Why? Because you're confident in your appearance. Well, guess what? That clarity gives you confidence how you appear in public because now you can speak confidently and attracting the right people. And guess what? When you have that confidence, now what do you do? You want to be seen more and more. So now that consistent muscle is now being developed and exercised. And when it's exercised, people are like, oh, he's showing up with this message. And okay, I, I hear it now. Oh, bet. I want that. I've been I've been having this problem forever. And okay, let me get with me. Okay, bet where I sign up at. The clarity just gives that confidence. That confidence leads to being consistent, and consistency is the key to breaking through. Let's eat. That's true. It's one thousand percent true. Consistency. You have to, and I've learned this. You have to consistently show up saying the same or similar things to build part of that confidence, but also part of that messaging that people are going to remember because that's what we want. We want people to remember and associate us with whatever it is that we want to be known for or whatever it is that we're doing. That's part of it. Yeah. I think a lot of times, especially as multi-passionate entrepreneurs, we get a little derailed because we have so many interests. There are so many conversations happening on Clubhouse and so many things trending on Twitter and on Instagram that it, it can be difficult to pick your thing and like stick with it sometimes, especially when there are so many other, you know what I mean? Voices around you saying, Hey, come over here. Hey, come over here. Hey, come over here. So we're literally getting pulled in a million directions, but if you can stand your ground and root yourself in whatever cause it is that you're trying to root yourself in, it will make a difference. And the longer you sit there, the stronger it gets, the bigger, you know, this tree grows. And now you've got a lot going on for yourself and you can sort of bear the fruits, right? It's going with the tree analogy. And, and it's just really fruitful. It can be a really fruitful experience for us to do that. We've talked a little bit about confidence this year. We've talked a little bit about showing up and being consistent and all of that, but it is a constant thing that as entrepreneurs we are dealing with, especially those of us who are working during the day or are caregivers and have things that we're doing. So really, really, really good. Glad that you said all of that. And I want to make sure we tap into some of the things that you do specifically in your business. So let's get into that. I know you have the Dope Ads Masterclass, but what else do you do? How do you help your clients specifically these days? Specifically, I help them get clarity on their messaging and get visibility. Yes, I lead with ads, but it's been my experience that I would say about 90% of the people who come to me for ads aren't ready for ads because they lack the clarity around their messaging, their offer, the people they serve, you know, what problem they solve. They lack that clarity. And then they wonder why their ads aren't working. 
when I order them, I say, okay, well, what's this? What's that? And they're like, oh, because here's the thing. As an entrepreneur, you got to understand the number one thing that, that, that we're after is attention. Attention. If people never pay you attention, they'll never pay you any money. So I specifically lead with ads because that's what people want. People want ads. People want visibility. People want the fast lane. But their vehicle needs to go to the shop. <laughs> you know, their vehicle needs some new tires. So they want the fast lane, but they got four flat tires. I specifically lead with ads because that's the visible piece that they think they want, which is what they do want. But once they come to my repair shop to get the ads going, well, you need this, that, and a third. And so we spend a lot of time with strategy and getting clear. And then once the foundations, the foundational stuffs of a proper social media-based business are established, then we turn the ads up. So yes, ads are, are what I lead with, absolutely. But what I actually do is strategy and clarifying, giving clarity of messaging and, and, and that brand positioning. That's what we do to help people grow. Let's eat. <laughs> okay. And that, that makes sense. So you're helping them get things together so that they can run. And, and that's really what it, I think matters the most in, in when it comes to monetization is having that plan. So when you're strategizing with people, you're taking them from, you know, an idea. Are, are you working mainly with service-based? Do you work? I, I know you, I saw e-commerce in there, but who is your, your target market, I guess, as far as types of businesses? I'm moving into the service-based entrepreneurs because it is easier to make the ads to work with all these changes that are taking place over the last six, seven, eight months. I cut my teeth in e-commerce. I was a pro- I'm st- I still sell products online. Um, I don't think I ever stop selling products online personally. However, with that being said, service-based coaches and consultants that are looking for new clients, I show them sp- specifically have a process that we take them through to get their next 10 clients in 100 days or less. That's my focus right now on these coaches and consultants because I want their income to match the impact that they're having in the marketplace. You know, a lot of these coaches are phenomenal. They do great work, but guess what? They're the best kept secret and that's not serving them, the people or their family. That's where I'm focused at. But yes, I absolutely I, I have three Shopify, no, two Shopify stores active right now that I still sell online and run ads for to this day, right here and now, <laughs> you know? So yes, I'm, I'm fully involved in the marketplace myself as an active entrepreneur. I'm not sitting back and just call myself a teacher. Now I'm, I'm, I'm in the trenches every day f- fooling with this stuff and making it work. So hopefully that helped. Yeah, of course. Of course. I just wanted to make sure that it was clear, like the type of people that you're you're focusing on when it comes to the types of businesses, because what we see a lot, right? I've, I've only been in the service-based side for like the majority of my entrepreneurial lifespan here. And one of the things I see the most is people have ideas, they have ways they know they can help people. And like you said, they are, you know, a lot of times they're the best kept secret and that doesn't help their family or their bank accounts or their future or anything like that. But they have something that they want to teach and share and coach and strategize and whatever. They have the thing. They're just not certain how to get out there. And what ends up happening is either they don't have the strategies set up or any of the 
marketing tactics, nothing, right? They don't really have a real strong strategy outside of whatever their ads have been showing up for them, right? So the lady that comes up, you know, that's like, you can make a million dollars on YouTube. And then the person that comes up and says, you know, you can make a million dollars in Facebook groups. They're seeing that. They're seeing the strategy that other people have taken, but they don't have their own, right? And they're not sure what's going to jive with them. And then on the other side, I see there's a lot of people who struggle with the sale and actually making the sale and having that that sort of similar strategy where you know what you're selling and why and to whom. So let's get into that real quick for the people who are like, yeah, I've got my business. I kind of know exactly what I want to do and how that's going to look and maybe even who I'm going to speak to, but the marketing plan or the strategy there and or the sales, they just keep tripping me up. Where's their first sort of go-to? What do you say to them? Fantastic. That's a great question. I love this question. And I like the, the answer to when you're calling an Uber or a Lyft. The Uber and Lyft ask you what, where you want to go and where are you? And that's so important because a lot of entrepreneurs don't know where they want to go. They don't have a goal. They'll have, they have an idea, but not a goal. And here's what I mean, the difference. They'll say, yeah, Fitz, I want to make some money this year or make more money than I made last year. Well, if you made $10,000 and you make $10,000 and one cent, that's more money you made last year. Let's put a concrete number. Let's put something we can anchor ourselves into and move forward like that. Next, we got to really figure out, are we talking about a startup product or an established product? Because there's a difference in the marketing and the strategy that goes with that. If you have proven sales, so let's say Whitney has this service that she provides and she's been doing it for the last three or four years and has, you know, 12, 30 or 40 testimonials of people she's helped. But now she's tired of the word of mouth, the algorithm, hamster wheel, the the organic stuff. She's tired of that. And, and she wants to expand her wings. That is a different conversation. She's trying to scale a proven product. So we got to figure out what are we marketing and what are we trying to bring more visibility to? Whereas a new or aspiring coach that doesn't have any proven sales, their runway needs to be so much longer. We have to first make sure they're clear on the foundational stuff. Then we got to make sure that their offer is juicy. Because remember now, it's unproven and they just enter the marketplace. And so we don't build anything until it's sold. We don't build it until it's bought. So we got to now go out here and see, are there people willing to pay us for our idea that we visualize on some paper and some mock-ups? Are there people who want to go to the destination that we're promoting? Because remember, all problems, all businesses solve problems for a profit. So we got to market the outcome and see the people want that destination. For instance, if we're in Dallas Airport and we go to Atlanta, Georgia, we got to find out, are there people who want to go from Dallas to Atlanta? Because your product or service is the vehicle that takes them to the destination that much faster. But if nobody says, if nobody votes with their wallets and says, yes, I'll pay you to get me from Dallas to Atlanta, then guess what? We're building the wrong vehicle. So we got to make sure that's proven. So there's a there's nuances to this and we got to make sure what we're advertising first and foremost is what people want. And is it proven or 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 unproven? It's either either they're launching or they're scaling. That's it. Are you launching something new? Or are you scaling? So those are the two tracks that service-based 
that I take my service-based entrepreneurs on the launch or scale track. Gotcha. Okay. And so people kind of need to see and figure out where they fit in in that, and then they build from there. So if they are on the launch side, then they've got to do that fundamental rudimentary work that's going to set them up for success in the long run, right? So that they have a successful launch and they can get to the point where they can scale in the future and, and left and right it as they go, right? And then the scaling people, they've got that foundation. Maybe you're helping them with some tweaking here and there, but they've got their solid foundation. They've been here for a bit. They, they know exactly. They've got the clarity, but they're now trying to maximize, right? Or add something in, add something, whatever, right? Add a new thing or even pivot with the thing that they've been doing so that they get better results, right? Is that kind of the a paraphrase for you for that? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like the people who are scaling, they already have a car, but they're taking it to the to the high performance shop to soup it up so that way it goes faster and further. Whereas the people who are launching, they're just getting their learners. They're just learning how to drive. Got to make sure that they know all the rules of the road. So that kind of thing, if that analogy makes it simpler for the audience to really comprehend, because when you're launching something, you don't know, you know, and you got to go the, I'm a firm believer in going the organic route to make sure people want it. People are going to buy it. If you can't sell it organically, then ads are just an amplifier. They're going to amplify what's working or what's broken. So we got to know that going in and position our product to be best served by the paid visibility. Yep. And that makes complete sense. And setting up the framework to do that is important. So, okay. So people, that's the actionable step, right? Is figuring out where you're at. Hopefully you can picture yourself in one of those two. I think there may be a group that, you know, maybe you've already scaled and you're just kind of in a place where you're transitioning from one idea to the next, or you're thinking of adding in or taking away a service and you want to do something like, I think there's also maybe, I don't even know what to call it, but like an influx section maybe. And and so maybe you might fit into like a third or other group here, but for the majority of folks, especially the folks we're talking about with this episode, you're going to fit into one of these two categories. And I will say right now I'm, I'm in between to a, to a degree, but I'm launching. I'm getting ready to launch my set of ads. I'm launching my new audio series that I've created. And I'm making all of this kind of go for right now, go towards my one of my coaching programs. And that coaching program may shift. It will shift as I get into my mastermind group. But like I have a plan that's there to help me scale. And also so I can just do different things and try different shit out and see what I like and see what works best for my clients because it's just interesting. All of this to me is very interesting, but you have to know, you have to get in where you fit in. You have to understand where you're at and also where you're trying to go or where you're trying to be. So this is important, right? Knowledge is power. Once you've got that, I think it's important to Get your, if you're going to launch, like, get, like you said, getting the vehicle prepared so that you can run those ads or you can get that traffic or the conversions or the video views or whatever it is you're doing as you build. So we need to figure that out and get with someone. So why should, when it comes to ads, I know people get really persnickety about ads because either you love them and believe in them and know the power that they have and you're not intimidated or you're like the opposite where you're like, they're a necessary evil. I have to do this because it's part of the process. And I know that organic growth, especially for those of us who have something going on during the day that we can't sit and live on Instagram or on clubhouse every day, all day, And even if we did, we didn't necessarily have the strategy for that. That's going to actually help us convert. So for those of us who are are looking at 
potentially getting someone to help us with our ads. Tell us why we should, why someone should consider that from outside of the obvious things that you've just said, but what are some of the benefits that people get from having somebody kind of either do it for them or or hold their hand through the process of setting up these ads? From my perspective, if you're not making at least $10,000 a month in your business, you should learn to do your own ads. Because here's the thing, you don't know if you give an ad agency like myself or our agency your ad account and say run ads for us, my first thing I'm going to tell you is I'm going to ask you some questions about some KPIs, your key performance indicators and numbers and your metrics on your ad account. If you can't tell me those numbers, then guess what? I have to get them myself. And how does that happen over time? So I have to tell you, listen, don't expect any haymaking headway to happen in the first 45 days because we got to get the numbers. We got to do some testing to see what works in your ad account and what does not work. So you don't have any data to give us. So now we have to go in there and do the testing to figure out these numbers and to figure out what your benchmarks are. And then once we have those, now we got to go and actually run some ads to test the theory and tweak it. Whereas when you're, if you do it, then you know, come in and say, hey, my cost per click is this, my average um, order value is this, my lifetime value, you know all these things, then guess what? You're going to be ahead of the game. Now, why do I say under 10 grand? If you go to an ad agency like ours and you say, hey, run our ads. And so one of the first things we're going to do is, well, what is your estimated monthly ad spend? And they'll say, okay, under 30, under, under 30K, we're going to charge you $3,500 a month. All right. So we charging 3500 we charging 3500 a month. So 10K minus 35 is $6,500 left of your gross profit. So what happens now? Let's say you make some sales. You're making 10 grand. Let's say to make that 10 grand, it costs you, let's say you got a two to one return on your ad spend. For every dollar you spent, you made back two. So to make 10 grand, you had to spend five grand. So now you got 5,000 plus 3,500 is $8,500 a month in expenses. And this is just counting a digital product or service. So out of that 10 grand, you have $1,500 left to live, pay for any tools, pay for any VAs and any of that type stuff. So there's not a lot of meat left on that bone after you pay an agency if you make less than 10 grand a month. And if you're doing a product-based business, your, your meat on the bone is probably going to be even less. So this is why I tell people, if you're not making at least 10 grand a month, you need to learn how to run ads on your own. Now, when you hire an agency, there are some questions that you need to ask them. Who have they gotten results for in this industry? (laughs) You know, ask that question. Next question, ask to see the ads that they're running themselves. You know, because you'd be surprised there are ad people who are not running ads for themselves. Ah, You know, I'll keep my mouth shut on that. But, you know, you got to ask these questions. And then ask, what is the likelihood of success in this niche? You know, are you all going to do everything, the creative, the copy, and all of these things? 
Because if if the ad agency is not doing that, if you're not paying them to do that, then guess what? You got to create it. We'll give you guidance, but an ad agency, their job is to run the ads. Some incorporate the creatives and the copy and the and the content, but 90, 95% of the time, you're going to be responsible for that stuff. So these are things you got to know going in. These are things that I've seen in the marketplace with my own two eyes. And this is why I'm an advocate of learning how to run your ads yourself so that way you know if somebody's joshing you or not. They, nah, that, that ain't right. Mm-mm. Nah, that can't be right. Because I ran ads for the last two years and my average is then third, blah, blah, blah. You have the ability to, to dispute or challenge what they're telling you because a lot of agencies, they know the people don't know, so they'll tell them anything and they burn through people so fast by the time somebody hears about it, they on to the next person. So just be careful out there. Just be careful in these streets. Let's eat. <laughs> yes, definitely. And that's what I was getting at before about, you know, if you do, you, you do take the time and learn how to do certain things by yourself. It does give you that advantage because then you know how to vet people even better than if you're having somebody do something from scratch that you've actually never done before or never paid attention you know, attention to whether it was social media, whether it was your website, um, having somebody come in and help out. It's really smart to know what they're doing. And that way you can gauge the cost. You can gauge the time that's spent. You can just, you can, yeah, do your due diligence much easier. So, but again, it's not necessary, right? It's not required. You don't have to become a mini Facebook ads guru in order to hire someone that is, but it does help to ask the right questions. So I think that's important so that you know, right? Same with social media. A lot of us, we know the basics of social media at this point. There's been enough shit out there for all of us who are entrepreneurs. We can all run a successful Instagram or really any social media situation, whether it's Clubhouse, Facebook, Facebook groups, Twitter, et cetera. Like if you want to do it or even YouTube, like you could do it. There's a gazillion amount of hours of videos. Like there's so much information out there. We can learn how to do it, but a lot of us still, we hire people that aren't helping us and don't have the receipts and who are selling us sort of empty promises and and they don't have the credibility. So we just need to do a better job at vetting people, which can, re, you know, that can be said about anything, right? Go ahead. Were you going to add something? Yeah, absolutely. There's always, you should have somebody in your camp, in your community that is in line with you business-wise or above you that you can ask for a recommendation. And yes, recommendations are have a higher level of trust because you're, you're borrowing somebody's credibility. Also, what happens is that peace of mind is so important. And so sometimes those agencies come at a higher price because they know all the shenanigans that go on in the marketplace. So definitely ask for referrals from, from your mentors and your peers because they'll give them, they'll tell you. Yeah, so that's all I want to really add to that. As for referrals, referrals still got to be vetted, but you're closer to the conversion line from a from a referral than a cold introduction. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's true, and that's true. That's why I like you know when you go on websites like Fiverr or you go on someone's sales page. A lot of times they'll include those, you know, just like we do on Amazon, right? When you buy something, we're checking the we're checking the stars and the reviews, restaurants, right? We're looking and we should be taking that same amount of energy to what we do in our business as well. And and literally people will, will talk. Pillow talk is real, even in business. And they will sell you hopes and dreams and unicorns and rainbows, but can't do 
diddly squat for your bottom line. And that's not what we're here for. So yes, we can have a whole conversation just on vetting people. It's actually a really great idea. I'm going to have to listen back to this and like go back. I felt like every time we talk, I see that there are these little avenues that we could essentially go down and, and, and literally go down for miles because these topics can be so robust in the information and in the things to look out for and the things to remember. So we'll circle back on some of these topics, but Fitz, before you go, I want you to tell us what are some of your goals for 2022 for you, for your business, for your clients, like what's going on? Man, that is so, that's a great question because the coaching arm is, is, is still relatively new for us. One of our goals is really to hit $650,000 $650,000 this year in, in our personal receipts and help our clients um, combine. We do 1.2 combined. So that is my goal for 2022 and really help these coaches get more visible because you all do great work. I mean, you do great work and more people need to know about it. They really do. So that's, that's, that's my personal goal and a goal for our clients to really bring in these receipts to really have impact on the world and give people that freedom. Freedom, well, not even not only freedom, let me say this, give them options. Give them options. Because not having options, oh, that's suffocating. Oh, that is so suffocating. And the freedom that paid advertising allows you, it allows you not to have to be stuck on that organic hamster wheel. Like right now, for instance, everybody who's listening to this wonderful podcast, guess what? You're here listening to this. But who is out there talking about your business and making first impressions and introducing people to your greatness? That's the power of paid advertising. That's your paid sales force that works 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They take no days off. They don't call in late. They don't leave early. They don't steal supplies. They just show up and carry your message and point people back to your greatness while you're at work or while you're out sunbathing in Bali on the Maldives, wherever you may be, your paid ads are working for you, raising your awareness, helping turn suspects into prospects into your prime time payers. Let's see. I love that. The vision of, you know, being on a tropical island and the ads just doing their thing while you just sip your Mai Tai or, I mean, that's, that's the goal really, right? Freedom. Yes. But the cocktails on the water while you really, you've already set it up. Like it's just, I don't know. I guess it's kind of like having a Roomba, you know? (laughs) I'm trying to think of something that's like that, where you can kind of set it and forget it. You set it and you go out and it's literally doing something that you just don't have to do. And it's brilliant. So I'm glad that you're in this. I'm glad that you are doing this and helping people tap in to their mission and their message and their marketing so they can actually get out there and get in front of the right people. Um, it's, it's great. So if y'all are interested, definitely slide through, definitely join Clubhouse, right? Get into one of Fitz's rooms. He does regular rooms on Clubhouse. Do you have a cadence? I know you do Mondays, right? You have a Monday room that you do, but what's your schedule? Um, Clubhouse is Mondays and Tuesdays are scheduled and uh, the rest of the week is dedicated to client work and sporadic pop-up rooms as I see the availability. Yeah, that's that's my schedule so far. It will fill up, but I like it being free, free, unrestricted. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's the way to be. That's the way to be. I'm with you 1000%. It's nice to have a cadence, but it's also nice to have some free time so that you can let life happen a little bit and you're not so restricted. Okay. So we can find you on Clubhouse. You're on Instagram at a fits H-A-R-D. So people can find you there. Um, you're on LinkedIn. I will put your LinkedIn chat information or whatever the bio there. I'll put that in the, in the show notes. And you're also on what else? Clubhouse, Twitter, any, or Twitter, anything else? Just. I'm not active on Twitter right now. My main platforms are Clubhouse and I'm gonna start a YouTube channel real soon because this content needs to live, live on forever. LinkedIn is picking up. Instagram is cool. You know, Clubhouse made me get Instagram. Because <laughs> prior to that, I wasn't on Instagram all these years. I have a presence on TikTok, but it's not booming yet. So. Okay. Perfect. No, that's perfect. I will put the the links to all that in the show notes so people can find you. But y'all, Fitz is not difficult to find. His DMs are open. If you have questions, um, if you want to slide through this dope ads masterclass, that link will be in the show notes, but check it out. Check out the masterclass. If you want to get in and just review what you've got, he's got a Facebook ads checklist. All this information we'll put in the show notes so that you guys can check it out. Um, if you have questions, let us know. Fitz, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. I'm glad that we got to do this and we recorded. Everything was good. Do you, did we forget to talk about anything that you wanted to just leave or any any last words of wisdom for the people? Listen, one thing I will say is a dope ads masterclass. That is a foundational stuff you need to really understand the principles of advertising. Because in order to use a thing correctly, you got to understand the thing. And a lot of times people think ads are made to drive sales. Well, ads aren't made for sales. <gasps> did he just say that? Yeah, I did. Ads are simply made to plant the seeds of desire and send curious, qualified traffic to your offer. Nobody on the internet has ever bought anything from an ad. <gasps> Whitney, where'd you get him from? He's lying. No, I promise you, nobody has ever bought anything from an ad on the internet. I see ads all the time, Fitz, and I click them, and you click them, and then what happens? The ad turns into a usher, and it points you into the, into the, the direction of your desire. It says, go over here for more information. Go over here for more information. Go there for more information. You can't buy anything from an ad. Ad's job is to send curious, qualified traffic to your offers. And if you didn't know that kind of stuff, then a dope ads masterclass is where you need to be to get your feet wet to have a better understanding of what's going on in these internet streets. So Whitney, I thank God for this opportunity. It's been amazing. Thank you for having me, for your trust and your vision. And this is an awesome time. I sincerely appreciate you. Let's eat. Absolutely. I'm really glad, really glad that we chatted. I'm glad that we connected on Clubhouse. And you're definitely somebody that we'll, we'll have back on the show at some point to talk about something you know, similar but different and maybe just do an update on things. So because I will be entering the I am entering the ad space this month, right? This month of May. And so I'm just excited to report back and we'll we'll have a, a more robust conversation about this. And for those of you who have run ads or who are beginning to run ads, like that'll be a really great kind of part two to this um, at some point in the future. But wow, 
loved this. If you guys love this conversation as well, make sure you leave a five-star rating and a review of some sort. You can say something cute or funny or nice, refer to this episode or whatever. I'm trying to get to triple digits on the reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if you have an Apple device or know someone who does, go into the Apple Podcast app, leave that five-star review and, and say something cute because it really does make a difference and it makes the show just stand out. So go ahead and do that for me. If you have Spotify, um, you can also leave a rating on, or yeah, a rating. You can leave stars on Spotify. So you can go ahead and do that. But definitely for Apple Podcasts, that's my new goal, right? For this summer. With that being said, you can catch me on Instagram at Whitney Danielle Co underscore. If you're listening, you can screenshot. If you made it to the end, you are absolutely a superstar. Screenshot, tag us, let us know so we can give you some kudos and send some love on the gram. Um, I am typically on Instagram quite a bit and I will be in these clubhouse streets throughout the summer here and there. So catch me over there. Everything will be in the show notes. And with that being said, y'all, I want you to have an amazing day or night and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks, Fitz. We'll talk to y'all soon. Cheers. Cheers.